0: Well, apparently not everyone is overlooking Donald Trump's substantial accomplishments in his single solitary term as President of the United States. Representative Guy Rechlenthaler, Republican from Pennsylvania, according to this article in The Times, said in an interview on February 4th that the former president should be given... Uh, a Nobel Prize. He should have gotten at least one. He's probably qualified for several. In point of fact, Trump was nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize four times, most recently for securing a peace deal between Israel and the United Arab Emirates. The representative said, quote, I think that history will regard his legacy in a very favorable light, and I think his impact is here to stay. This, uh, Reschenthaler told the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. He would be given at least one Nobel Peace Prize had he not been a Republican. I truly believe that. And you want to know something? You have to agree with that statement when you consider everything that Trump did. He was nominated four times. And when you juxtapose that with President Obama's being given a Nobel Peace Prize within the first four months of his administration, what did he do? He barely had his cabinet seated. They just gave it to him because why? Because he got elected? because he was the first African-American that managed to get elected. Uh, No doubt a datum which will live in history and uh, something that he can be proud of, but not anything that warrants a Nobel Peace Prize or any prize for that matter. But Donald Trump uh, made very real strides for peace. He kept us out of wars, much along the lines of Eisenhower. Uh, He had a strong foreign policy, much along the lines of Teddy Roosevelt. Uh, And he didn't do anything but have respect for law enforcement, and it's going to be proven in this ill-fated impeachment that um, he was, in fact, innocent of all charges. Hi, everyone. I'm Jamie Dury, and welcome to another National Preview Online podcast. If you have not already subscribed to the show, please do so either through the iTunes App Store, the Google Play Store or download the free Podbean app. However you subscribe, it's absolutely free, and you'll always be notified whenever a new episode is uploaded to the show. Please leave us a review wherever you subscribe. Uh, a few kind words and a few stars goes a long way towards help promoting the show. And if there's something you'd like me to cover, please don't hesitate to email me at nationalpreviewonline@gmail.com. at gmail.com. But what I really wanted to speak about today was uh, some of the falsehoods that have been spread around by certain people uh, in Congress and have been echoed by the media. This is not going to be a long show today, but it's something I really wanted to get to, just to give you sort of an overview of the hypocrisy that permeates our current political discourse. Now, a few days ago, Representative Alejandro Ocasio-Cortez, AOC, as she is affectionately known by her constituents, uh, and others just call her AOC because it doesn't sound as nice. (laughs) Uh, She has claimed that she feared for her life during this uh, supposed assault on the Capitol on January 6th, and that it made her hearken back to years gone by, making her recall the same feeling of helplessness she felt when she herself had been the victim of a sexual assault. Now, we all know that we're not allowed to question any woman that makes an allegation of sexual assault. We were quite roundly reminded of that during the confirmation hearings of Brett Kavanaugh when this trollop was dragged before the committee, who has no memory of where the sexual assault happened, is not exactly sure what day it happened, is not exactly sure what house it took place in, Was not exactly sure of everyone else that might have been present, but was absolutely sure it was Brett Kavanaugh. And then we find out that she's a flaming leftist that had many, many things posted on her social media, all of which were purged prior to her appearance. This was a, a cowardly attempt to keep Kavanaugh off the court. Now, why do I bring that up? Well, because it deals with issues of sexual assault. That's true. That is definitely true, but I bring it up for another reason, because one Senator Richard Blumenthal from Connecticut made a very, very uh, interesting comment because he was trying to erode Kavanaugh's credibility. They tried to find fault with something else that he had said, so he invoked this Latin phrase, which lawyers sometimes use, and it's called falsus in uno falsus in omnibus. And what that basically means is false in one thing, false in everything. In common law, it is a legal uh, principle that a witness who testifies falsely about one matter is not credible to testify about any matter. Now, I cannot recall for the moment what it was that Richard Blumenthal was alleging that Kavanaugh was testifying about falsely. But what I found incredibly ironic is that of all the people that should have brought that up, that it should be Richard Blumenthal, because he is famously known to have lied and misrepresented about his service in Vietnam, and he never went anywhere near Vietnam. So if anyone knows the true meaning of falsus in uno, falsus in omnibus, uh, Richard Blumenthal would have to be the current resident among the United States senators. So now, Juxtaposing that with the situation with Alejandro Ocasio-Cortez, I heard numerous people phone in to numerous talk shows, the Rush Limbaugh show, other shows, and excoriating. One, one um, uh, caller said to Rush Limbaugh, you're better than that, Rush. You shouldn't be going there. And Rush Limbaugh says, look, I'm just commenting on this. I'm not saying it's true. It's not true. But now in recent days, evidence is emerging that Alejandra Ocasio-Cortez was not in the Capitol when this thing happened, or if she was, that none of the protesters got anywhere near her corridor. Now, there's a dispute going on between Alejandra Ocasio-Cortez and a newly elected congresswoman from South Carolina named Nancy Mace. Nancy Mace had written She said she has an office near uh, Cortez's office, and she questioned the validity of of Cortez's account on January 6th, saying that the group that breached the Capitol never went down their hallway. Quote, AOC made clear she didn't know who was at her door. Breathless attempts by media to fan fictitious new flames are dangerous, Mace wrote on Twitter. My office is two doors down. Insurrectionists never stormed our hallway. Egregious doesn't even begin to cover it. Is there nothing the mainstream media won't politicize? Now, Cortez wrote, wild that Nancy Mace is discrediting herself less than one month in office with such dishonest attacks. She went on record saying she barricaded in fear. Nancy Mace, who else's experience will you minimize? Capitol Police and Longworth custodial workers who cleaned up shards of glass? There's other evidence from other sources indicating that Cortez wasn't even in the building, that she was in another office building um, a quarter of a mile away. My point is, we definitely here have a case where we can apply falsus in uno, falsus in omnibus. If Alejandria Ocasio-Cortez can't even be deemed to be credible on whether people breached or attempted to breach her office, or whether she was in the building at the time, why should we so quickly accept that she was ever even the victim of a sexual assault? A lot of these things in the Me Too movement, people just want to say Me Too. And if, then, if they weren't, they just make it up so they could be part of the Me Too movement. I find it very, very curious that it took a, a riot type situation to cause Alejandra Ocasio-Cortez to retreat into the archives and depths of her memory to come up with this sexual assault that she supposedly was the victim of that she never before shared. But yet when a pathological pervert, Joe Biden, was uh, selected as the nominee and standard bearer for her party, uh, this didn't cause her to revisit this sexual assault. When her entire Caucus and her party were trying to keep Brett Kavanaugh off the Supreme Court, uh, supposedly for being a sexual predator. This didn't cause her to share with us this uh, legacy of her or this, this incident of her being a sexual assault victim. It's very convenient that she's using this issue, which is central to this unconstitutional impeachment of President Donald Trump to evoke public sympathy with the story of her being uh, a sexual assault victim. And now we have evidence that she may not even have been there in the building. So something stinks and it stinks to high heaven. And we can't expect anything less from Alejandro Ocasio-Cortez, because if you ever listen to this woman speak, I think if you put her, uh, Ilan Omar, Tlaib, and the entire membership of the squad and added their IQs together, you wouldn't have a pencil eraser. That's about what you have going on in Congress now. Now, next week, that impeachment starts against the president. Uh, They've already been rebuffed, the president's lawyers, and the president, through his lawyers, has already communicated, as I said yesterday, that he has no intention of testifying in that proceeding, nor should he testify in that proceeding. It is an unconstitutional proceeding, and there is absolutely no reason for him to do so. You cannot impeach a man who is already gone. Impeachment, as I've said before, is not a criminal trial. Impeachment is simply a device whereby certain people who hold office in the federal government, senators, uh, congressmen, judges, can be removed from office and presidents. If a person's already gone, he can't be removed. Meanwhile, I guess the Democrats feel that uh, it's okay to spend money again, even though we don't have it. Democrats have cleared a path for approval of Biden's $1.9 trillion COVID package. And I would love to see the breakdown of this package when it's all said and done to see just how much of this 1.9 trillion actually goes for COVID relief and how much goes to every third world dump that they can come up with to give them money for God knows what. Everybody seems to forget they're all giving Biden accolades for saying, ah, $600 was not enough. We need $2,000. Thank God we have Joe Biden. It seems to me a man named Donald Trump is the one who said last month that $2,000 was not enough That sorry, that 600 was not enough, that we needed 2,000 and wanted Congress to to fork over another 1,400. He only approved the 600 because he wanted to get some money into people's pockets. And Donald Trump was right to ask for the extra money. And he was also right to have some of the fat cut out of that uh, COVID-19 relief bill. And you can be assured that that fat will work its way into this bill. There was a senator whose name escapes me at the moment that went to a meeting with Biden and showed him a check that was cut by the United States Treasury, made out to him for COVID relief, and he said, "Mr. President, I don't think that I was the kind of person, and my uh, my uh, fellow legislators are the kind of people." who Congress was thinking of when they wanted to give aid to Americans. None of us have missed a day's work. None of us have lost a day's salary. How is it that every member in Congress and senators are getting a relief package? Are you telling me these people aren't compensated well enough? Do you know if you serve one two-year term in Congress, you have a pension and medical benefits for life? Show me another job anywhere in the private sector or even in government where if you serve two years, you have vested interests. Even in the NFL, which is a brutal game, where athletes have the shortest careers, you have to be on the roster of an NFL team for four years before you qualify for a pension and retirement benefits because most people only last three. But here in Congress, two years and you're golden for the rest of your life. This little twit got elected when she was 30 years old. Do you really think if she only served two years, even if she serves four, do you really think the people of the United States of America should be uh, paying for this broad for the rest of her life? I don't think so. All I know is I've worked every day of my life since I was 12 years old when I was a newspaper boy in my local town of Yonkers. And I would love for someone to give me a job that I only had to do for two years and be guaranteed lifetime pension benefits and lifetime medical benefits. You know, some people question whether Santa Claus exists. Well, I can assure you, even if you doubt it, know this, he exists for U.S. congressional representatives and United States senators. Enjoy your weekend. For National Preview Online, I'm Jamie Dury.